You mind telling me what the hell you doing? I confirmed that Ponyhill is at Candyland. You sure is her? He didn't call her by name, but she's a young lady with marks on her back and speaks German. Now, while it's not wise to assume in this instance, I think it's pretty safe. Point being, don't get so carried away with your retribution. You lose sight of why we're here. You think I lost sight of that? Yes, I do. Stop antagonizing Candy. I'm not antagonizing. I'm intriguing him. You're, you're yelling abuse at these poor slaves? I would call the man who had me kill another man in front of his son, and he didn't bat an eye. You remember that? Yeah, of course I remember. What you said was, was that this is my world. And in my world, you gotta get dirty. So that's what I'm doing. I'm getting dirty. Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic. How you doing, buddy? I'm, 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 I'm here. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, 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 hello. Well, and and uh, we're broadcasting to you live. If you're watching on live stream, uh, I thought I would be watching on live stream because I have my new mega internet. But apparently, my my five times faster internet still won't allow live stream to actually play as if it's live. I'm still playing with it, but oh, really? Okay. <laughs> bitch nuts. Son of a awesome. bitch nuts. Welcome everyone to Movie Sucktastic episode 199. Uh, this is not 199, just 99. 99, that's right, 199, that'd be, that'd be crazy. <laughs> we, we, have, we haven't hit that milestone yet. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Uh, no, 99, so we're one away from our 100th episode, and we have absolutely no plans on how to celebrate it. How are we gonna? How are we gonna? Uh, un- unfortunately, yeah, that that's that's yeah, that's the case. <laughs> Stupid life getting in the way keeps screwing up any kind of plans we could have for this. Yes, this is this is also true. Uh, you know, I I think I I do have an idea of what we might be able to do. I I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna invite everybody. I think that's that's the plan first and foremost. Everybody at Joey's house. Everybody in my house, uh, actually, no. We we did toy with the idea of that, and it just I there's not enough time. The, the uh, it is just not enough time. That's the unfortunate unfortunate thing about it. Or else I I would consider doing it. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what? Hold on. I just oh I just did it. It's the first time I've done it in like ten years, and of course this is why we're recording. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, we were we were toying with the idea of having it at my house, but uh, it's just not gonna happen. It just ain't gonna happen. And I'm trying to queue up Django for everybody. This is the 1966 version because we can't do we can't do obviously Django Unchained. It's not available yet. But with that said, I'm sure YouTube will flag the fuck out of us for. For, for even playing the, the 1966 version. Well, you know, that's the name of the game now, and they're going to flag the shit out of anything you post, even if well, it's fair usage because we're showing clips from movies while we're reviewing them, that kind of stuff. Uh, you, well, you... Our, our, our Hobbit episode, yeah. episode 98, is still up for review. Um, it's still up for review, and they have until February 11th to take the last of the three... Um, strikes against us off so that the rest of our videos will play because right now they're saying that it's uh they're too long uh because once you get flagged you can't post anything longer than 15 minutes but the funny thing is they flagged the uh the golem scene from the trailer or from the and then from the uh the original version well what they flagged was they flagged golem from the animated movie right <laughs> then they flagged music from the trailer and then they flagged uh more music from another part of the trailer but but i i think the important thing here not to cut it short on the technical details of that is to point out that our live stream recorded episodes are slowly becoming available on youtube and so if you want to you know check out us visually yeah while we're doing shows and watch the trailers that we play that are get it kind of annoying sometimes on the audio version. Mm-hmm. Now you can catch us on YouTube, and you know maybe we'll start doing stuff besides this on YouTube as well. I mean, we're both awfully busy people, but uh, we'll do something, you know. Oh, they're saying that uh, on the video that you are a mile away. Or Scott is a mile away, and I am very, very loud. Hmm. Well, then turn up my sound, bitch. I'm gonna do it right on the fly if I can. Where are they saying I'm a mile away? Here, let's try this. Where are they saying I'm a mile away? Wait, they, they're, they're just saying that my voice is louder oh. than yours. How's that? Is that better, everybody? I was in the wrong chat group there. Okay. They're saying it's good. It's a good thing I'm in IT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joey is too loud. Really? See, you know, the problem with um, 
with that is I actually turn my volume up because the recorded video. Oh yeah, look at that. It's hitting in the red. Here, let me drop it just a hair. Is that better? How's that? Is that a little bit better? This is what happens when we don't have time for show prep. No, well, hey, we all work. What are you uh, gonna do? And I know I'm not. I'm not saying it's on. A, it's avoidable, but uh, I, I, I don't. I don't know better, but I can. But I can. Oh fuck you! <laughs> he says better, but I can still hear you. <laughs> all right, so the volume's going all the way back up. Now, now I'll, I'll take this time to distract for a bit. We'll be talking Douchebag. about Gango uh, Unchained, and as anybody <laughs> who's been watching. Uh, media re re surrounding it and interviews and uh, news reports because they're always so informative. Uh, there's been this fake controversy around the repeated use of a certain word, which normally I will use when discussing it because unlike our mass news media, mm -hmm. I'm not a fucking child. However, it we run the risk of saying it quite a lot. So instead, what I'd like to interject is when that word comes into play... I'm going to substitute my hate bell for the end bell. Aha. Uh -huh. So okay. whenever the word comes up, I will just hit the, the bell instead of saying. Okay. That sense. sounds good. Yes, yes, yes. Because, uh, because there's only so much, so much you can get away with, uh, even <laughs> in a rational adult situation. So. Uh, I just wanna just wanna ask very quickly out there how the audio is. I just played with it a little more. If it's fine, I'll stop. I'm waiting, waiting. I don't I'm waiting. care. Let's just go. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, all I really, truly, honestly care about. I mean, yes, the video is great and all, but I I do really mostly care about the you podcast know what? If, audio. If they, they complain about the audio in the chat room again, I'll ban them. That's all. Oh. <laughs> I can do that. I got a little button right here. It says ban. <laughs> Come on, Orc. Where? How's the audio? He's the only one that's actually talking about it. Well, now, now they're gonna ignore you because, because. All right, fine. Uh, then you know what? Then anyway, I don't care enough. Anyway. So, anyway, for all the people that aren't watching live. Hmm. Hmm. After you, sir. Uh, we're we're gonna talk Django. about Django Django Unchained, the new Quentin Tarantino film. Now, they're. Uh, can I can I just mention some some very quick movie news? That by all that, means, sir. Okay, this is very very quick. I just found out today. It was just announced today that J.J. Abrams. Have you heard this yet? No. Okay, he has been handpicked and ag has agreed to direct the next Star Wars film. Now you 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 put your hand on your head, but two things. One. I, I, he I has have... now, hold on, he has now, he has both of the biggest sci-fi franchises in the history of film, he is now the director of. And might I say he does a, an amazing fucking job with Star Trek? Okay? Amazing. Now, he's going to helm the new Star Wars films. Joey. Ha yeah. I must, I must break into this breaking news. To break other news, which is you still sound horrible. Apparently, I sound horrible. From from yeah, from yet another listener, you sound like shit. Oh, fantastic! I right. I still sound far off, and you sound like shit. So we're having audio issues here. It's okay. a wonderful. My car doesn't fucking start. 
you know, it's just it, it's just not one of those days. <laughs> how does it uh, how does it sound now? Is that better? I can't. I don't know. Uh, how does it sound now, people? W- wave in. Thank God we have an audience that we can like annoy now by not doing this right. Um, <laughs> this all happened is uh, when 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 I went over to Windows Eight. And and for you people listening on iTunes, uh, I don't even know why you're still listening. <laughs> uh, the I t- you know what the regular MP3 audio is going to be fine uh, because those are recorded on the PC uh, through uh, Audacity and Reaper. But those will be fine. Those always are. It's the it's fucking Procaster. Procaster, yeah, live stream. Whatever is it, live stream or is it Procaster? It's live stream Procaster. Fuck. Well, we got we got to switch over to Ustream. Now I'm uh, starting to sound bad. And I even turned off my live stream over here to make sure I wasn't eating up my bandwidth, which isn't possible now because I now have new internet. I called Verizon, told them to go fuck themselves. Actually, I was <laughs> quite polite. I was because apparently if you call Verizon and say you're going to cancel your internet and phone, mm. uh, they put you right through to an American, so you don't have to talk to the Indians. Oh. And and I, I told the guy. You know I why? Said, because they want someone that are, can yeah. articulate a sentence. Right. <laughs> to keep you. Now, now money's now now they're, I'm threatening not to pay, so now I get to talk to an American, and uh, sounds like I'm too close to the mic. The mic's in front of my mouth. Of course, I'm too close to the goddamn mic. Ah, uh, I right. can't get further away. Um, and why was how how, how is that? I mean, that's that's the last I can play with it. I can't play with it anymore. All right. Now, the um. I was awfully nice to the Verizon guy and everything. I was, you know, right. like it's not you. It's just the Verizon sucks and the service sucks, and the local infrastructure sucks, and I'm not getting better service. And of course, at one point, I said, "Well, can I offer you twenty dollars off a month?" And I say, "Well, can you offer me better service?" <laughs> I'm guessing the answer is no. So why would I pay less for shady service? I'm still getting shady service. It's not worth it to me. Uh, and that's all here, here and there. What I loved about it was after all of this, again, being very cordial with the guy. The last, what's the last thing this guy says to me? Thank you for choosing Verizon. <laughs> I just unchose it. What do you wait? A it, it's it's so, it is just second nature for them to say that shit. Well, it's it's obviously it's 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 listed. It's like you know it's it's way to it's re- on their sheet. Way to stick to the script, guy. I just canceled. Thanks for choosing Verizon. And I didn't choose it. I unchose it. I said I hate you. Go away. You, you can't thank <laughs> me for for choosing you when I don't. I chose Service Electric. And right, sure. and and you chose Verizon over Surface uh, Service Electric a while ago because you heard, you heard some some not so great things on some forums. Well, well if you go back, I, I'm sure there's still shitty service somewhere with it. But you go back five years, and Service Electric was still uh, one way internet, which means which meant you got cable internet in, but you had to have internet phone line going out. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, we're talking like archaic shit. And I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to pay for phone line, why am I going to pay for cable too? So. Right, and that's since changed, so now it's a right. it's two-way. Now, now I'm breezing a beautiful cable modem, and and as you can see, I'm not, I, 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 you know, I'm not breaking up here, and <laughs> no more. Bloop, 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 I'm gonna be here steadfast. Nice, and uh, wh- your mom's uh, laptop wouldn't work for the longest time well, with uh, the old the DSL. Buy because the first three modems Verizon gave me weren't working because they give you cheap. Uh, the, right. the the guys that came to my house said, "Yeah, the the, the modems they give you, they're uh, refurbished pieces of shit. They'll burn out in like two months." Every uh. Verizon guy that came to my house had nothing but bad things to say about Verizon. Verizon, 
your your own employees hate you. You suck. Yeah. Now, if it was Fios, that'd be a different story. No, nobody says anything bad about Fios. He even said that too. He said, "Well, you know, soon we might have Fios. You know, we, he didn't say Fios. But he said we might have fiber optic uh, inter- internet. We're spreading that across the state." See, I've been on that list for four years, guy. Give me a call when it becomes available in my area. Uh, I'm on the edge of Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania, when uh, Pennsylvania, even when when that becomes available in my area, I'll jump on. But so far, there's not a sign of that happening because they're. I can't. They won't even run regular fucking lines here. That's why I can't get good at uh, DSL internet. Why the hell will they run fiber optic through my town? I can't. And you know what? They're running it along the poles. Yeah. They they're supposed to run that shit underground, but they're we're so saturated with telephone poles and the fact that it would cost five times as much if they chopped up the ground to put it underground uh, to put it underground. They don't even bother doing that. They just run it along the poles and then they run it to your house. It's cheaper. It's quicker. And when the line gets degraded, it's just easier to do it again. Yeah, I got I got another criticism on our sound, and all I have to say is if you're going to give me an evaluation of what our sound is like right now, uh, I I will I will reject. Fully, any comparison that involves Battlestar Galactica. I just don't have wherewithal <laughs> to. I mean, it happened. Sorry, if you want to compare, you know, use another reference I might get. <laughs> it's like when you're watching Battlestar Galactica and they are listening to the Vipers chatter in the command center. You lost me halfway through that. I mean, I just uh-huh. you know, give me a film reference. Fucking sci-fi geeks. And what's with these? What's with these kids with Doctor Who now? All of a sudden, Doctor Who's popular again. Uh, apparently, it is quite popular. Which is fine, but what bothers me is just being an, an old person. As I'm getting older now, as you and I are both reaching middle age, and there's this new generation. Right. And this new generation is grabbing onto this new Doctor Who stuff, and and it's just that that bitterness in me that says, you know what? You're not allowed to be this fanatical about Doctor Who. You haven't paid your dues. You haven't watched old Doctor Who. You didn't sit through shitty-ass low-budget special effects. Uh, I'm, I mean, I try, you know, you try to explain to them, so listen, 20 years ago, the idea of a, a discussion of which Doctor which Doctor Who was more attractive was inconceivable. They were all <laughs> horrible, ugly people. Or maybe charming, but no, they were, they, you know, it's, it's, it's it, it just irritates me that now, now there's this generation that's clicking, oh, this is great. So, no, no, it's not great. It's repackaged, and you. Uh, now I just screw around it's with, irrational the, with the. It's irrational too. It's irrational. Oh, very much so. I'm not. I'm not claiming that I have. You know, I'm right. I just irritates me. Now I just screwed with the oh, sound again. Now, now we sound good. Apparently, now we do not sound like we're in a, a, a cheesy ass sci-fi melodrama. All right. Well, I, I just hope that we may not be able to. This video may not be salvageable, only for the reason <laughs> that everything. <laughs> what. Well, I don't think this episode's salvageable, sir. <laughs> I'll throw you one further. Okay, <laughs> we haven't we have yet to talk about Django. Um, <laughs> we have yet to talk about movies, and I apologize to the sci-fi fans that I'm insulting that are listening. Honestly, I have my sci-fi things I like too, but you have to admit all sci-fi is shit. Even the, the stuff part, I like yeah, is shit. Yeah. I like Highlander. Highlander's fucking ass fine. I love it. And, and I know. It's, it's more fantasy than sci-fi, so I'm going to draw that line there. Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah. I don't count anything past the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, any purist doesn't. Uh, no, what I did... Uh, what I was having issues with... The reason why we're 
uh, we were 15 minutes late tonight was because I couldn't get the video to pick up both of our voices properly. Mm -hmm. And I have now set it to be stereo mix for your end, microphone for my end, and now everyone says they can hear everything perfect, but I don't know if the video is going to pick it up properly. So, yeah, I don't don't know. Settings. We, We can just skip that, sir. Well, if you want, I have a, uh, your voice on uh, 11.6 decibels. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> Are you sure? There might be one person out there that cares. I love it when I walk in a room and I hear you say megapixels and I walk back out. So I'll come back in five minutes. He's in the middle of it. <laughs> Are you talking about when you listen to our shows? No, I'm talking about when I walk in the room at your house. And you're oh. Somebody else is like, and the megapixels, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get something to drink in the in the fridge. I'm still in mid text stream. I'll wait till it gets to the end. <laughs> All right. So, not, now that we've talked, we did our little bit of movie news and all that stuff. Uh, but to end with that, I think J.J. Abrams is absolutely the right choice for Star Wars. I I was happy that somebody else was going to helm a Star Wars film other than Lucas. But now that I know it's J.J. Abrams. I'm even happier. I really think, I really think that he'll do uh, an outstanding job. Yeah, I'm not I'm, worried at all. I'm really not. I I'm not worried, and again, I don't care because I don't like the Star, Star Wars franchise to begin with. So I'm not a fan. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does, but I'm wondering how much control they'll give him on a, on a, such a huge franchise, or if they give a shit. I don't know. It's it's going to depend how they try to control this new franchise they bought. Right. Which is what you know. Which is, I, I think they should. I, I think they should have a. Uh, the next villain should be Megapixel. Megapixel. Megapixel, huh? Megapixel. If you, well, if you get him to say his Latin, uh, his name backwards, he he comes back to our mention. Mister Mixelplex. No, Mixelplex. Mixelplex. Mr. Mixelplick. Megapixel. Megapixels, okay. Uh, you know, I said the same thing about the Star Star Trek franchise. I did not care. Heard J.J. Abrams was doing it, didn't care. Saw the movie, now I care. I think that's going to be the same thing with Star Wars. Chris is listening in. He said, pair for artificial lens flare as a force power. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really hope he's moving away from that. I like I really that. Do. You know, it's, it's, it's well, you can't do it in every film because then it gets old Why fast. Re- really? Like explosions in every film? Gee, I get tired of those. It's, uh, but it's, it's not the same explosion every time. It, it's the same flare I, almost every time. I like it because it adding it's adding a realistic element to what is becoming more and more purely uh, computer graphics. And the, the shaky cam stuff in space, that kind of thing... I welcome it because at least they're trying to make it less a spectacle and more an uh, uh, event, an occurrence, an experience. And, and so I, I can't argue, I can't complain that they're trying to make it more realistic. I mean, we're not talking about fight sequences where the shaky cam moves so much because they don't want to hire a choreographer. Right, no, right. Now, I'm not complaining. I just think he'll start to move oh, away I, from I it. Uh, I think you were. No. Okay. I leave the complaining to you. <laughs> That's what I'm good at. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Quentin Tarantino film, uh, Django Unchained. It's not a remake whatsoever. It is in name alone uh, the, the similar. Well, it's it's a remake as far as it's a... Uh, and again, I have to say this. Quentin Tarantino, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll defend you on a lot of stuff, but 
It's not a western because it takes place in the south. That's called a fucking western. It is no, it's Shut a western. Up. But it's a western. It's it's and it, it's again. There's nothing in common with the original series, but also it's the history of Django. When the Django film came out, it was so popular. It was one of the most violent films ever made at the time. I think the mm-hmm. body count was like in the over a hundred, like I think 130 something like that. It was so popular that dozens of fake sequels and spinoffs were created. Many of them, even with the name Django in the title, uh, and there, there are only two official Django films. Yeah, and Nero was in both of them. Right. Those are only two official Django films. There are tons of other Django. Yeah, films. it was 66 and 87. Right, so the fact that Tarantino made another Django film, it doesn't really have to have the same character in it with that scope, but it is, so I I don't know if you would consider it a real Django film as far as the original films, Mm. but it is an addition to this kind of weird, this weird Django genre of movies with Django in the title. It's very uh, similar in in the way how Bruce Lee was so famous, yet they made so many movies uh, with Bruce Lee after he was dead, uh, and they just changed the, the the name of the character instead of you know Bruce L E E. It was Bruce L I. That was the actor. But I mean, no, 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 no. It was Bruce Lee. Okay. It, they were portray. They they made so many films portraying but, the original the, the actor Bruce Lee, but he was dead. Right. But, but they build it as that. But it's the actor as opposed to the character. So there's a slight difference. Well, I'm just saying. I'll it give is, it to it you. Is, I'll give it to you. It's similar. Give it to you. <laughs> I'm just saying the popularity of a franchise can do that. Where, yeah. You know, the guy, he, Bruce Lee was dead. They're still making movies. I think, I think we're all aware that there, are, that there are plenty of knockoff horrors out there. I sat through Titanic 2. I know what I'm talking about. Titanic 2? Dude, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah? And my favorite part of that entire film is, is, is the uh, fire axe in the elevator. Oh, really? How often do you see fire axes in an elevator? <laughs> you don't. It it really it's just oh thank God this is here yeah okay and blatantly rips off the ending of the abyss was that a Netflix streaming film yes that was a Netflix streaming film oh man we uh we should we should uh, revise or I not revise we revive. should bring back revive our um I think what, at, the, what uh, the hell was it even called I don't even remember uh we just did we we, we it was the movie Sectastic Home Game. Yeah, we had another name for it though. But yeah, we should revive that. Yeah, uh, we should after the Oscars. After we're done reviewing all these Oscar films, because Django is officially an Oscar review, and we still have not talked about the film. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> okay, we're getting there. Uh, uh, but my point: I was a huge Django fan of the original film, and I like the fact that Tarantino did this and didn't remake it. Didn't try to remake the same character, but just right. took the again. It, it's a genre homage, so to speak. So calling it Django doesn't really count as you know it, it's fine it's the way he did. again a lot of other films did the same thing but weren't anywhere close as good to the original I mean, he even there. used the same font and color for uh, the opening same credits soundtrack. soundtrack too yeah first, first song I, oh i'm in the theater first song that comes up django do you really <laughs> know a name django it's like that's the original song yes like right out of the bat <laughs> then about halfway through he starts sneaking in like hip-hop and stuff so, all right that's good but he keeps like the original soundtrack for like the beginning of it, and then slowly edges it in. So when we do the wacky stuff near the end, you don't mind. I'm I, like, okay. I, I, if I had anything to complain about, already we haven't reviewed the film yet. You're already complaining about it. Well, you mentioned the music. Yeah. If I had 
anything to complain about, it would probably be the hip hop and rap music what? in but the film. I thought they were very used very well. It was very well. Well, popular. I'm not saying that it wasn't used very well. I'm just saying, if it didn't exist in the film, I would have been happier. You know what? I don't like opera. I don't like. I'm not a big opera fan, but I don't bitch when there's a scene with opera music in it. It's like okay. So what's the? Big but if it's an operatic film, then why would you complain? What if it's an operatic film? Doesn't have to be an operatic film. They have opera in it. I'm just saying, if there's music I don't like in a film, it doesn't necessarily ruin the film. It, for me, if it's for me, it felt like it was it was it was snuck into the movie because there's a black character. Snuck into the movie because there's a black character, or, yes, or used in a film about black culture because of music from the black culture. But not from 400 years ago. No, but so. I just don't think it. Fit. I didn't think it fit. I thought it fit where the. I, I thought it fit perfectly where he used it. Personally, I it, listen. It was. A, ah. You okay. No, my my yeah. My, I know. I see that. It's um, <laughs> it where he used it in the middle mm. of the film, was a great way to break again. Tarantino, I think, has become an expert. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, Tarantino is an expert at breaking, building tension, and breaking tension without ruining it either way okay he's, he's really great at putting in comic scenes or light scenes or doing something just to take a really tense scene and break it so the audience doesn't become overwhelmed where he where he puts in the uh that the really rappy hip-hop music in the middle of the film was a perfect place for it because one we're at a slow point in the film where we're traveling between areas uh so there's like a, a lull in the, the movie so okay. it takes attention away from that and then in other parts later on, I am a fan of anachronistic, uh, anachronistic music and that, not anarchistic that, that music, music that rebels against the government, but anachronistic music. Anachronistic. That's wrong, right? Anachronistic music. Anachronistic. Anachronistic. No, anachronistic. Don't worry. Just move on. <laughs> music doesn't belong in the time. How many decibels? I, I can go into decibels again. Shut up. <laughs> anachronistic. Okay. All right. I'm a fan of anachronistic music. Where it doesn't belong in the time period, like Lady Hawk or, or Plunkett McLean. Uh, a lot of people complained about. A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale. Tale. I That's a big it, one. I thought it worked great. So if I'm not going to bitch about Queen at the opening of a medieval scene in, in a movie that takes place during, uh, you know, serps and knights, why am I going to bitch about hip hop music in the middle of a, a movie that involves slaves back during the Western days? For me personally, it's probably because I don't. I really loathe rap and hip hop. Just a little racist, that's all. It's not racist at all. Just a little bit. It's really not. Tad. It's really fucking not. <laughs> but hey, if you want to say that, go ahead. You don't call me a racist. The, you don't dig the music. That's all there is. To I, I oh hey now, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I really don't. And uh, and let, let's put it this way. I didn't hate it in this film. I didn't hate it. I just would have liked it if it wasn't there. That's all I'm saying. And that's really the only thing that I would complain about uh, as far as the film goes is just his music choice in a couple of scenes. I, I'd have to I'd have to stretch really hard to find uh, a problem with the film. 
I, I really can't think of one complaint I had about the film. I thought I think I had a minor complaint about uh, Inglorious Bastards. Like one, I'm sure if I went back and combed through it, there's probably one scene where I was like, eh. I even didn't mind Tarantino in the film because uh, you were waiting for him to make his appearance, and not only does he put himself in as an Australian, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to spoil anything. But his scene is what he does with himself in the scene is fun. Yeah, it's very fun. It you know, is so, very, very good. I mean, and he doesn't he doesn't saturate the scene with himself either, no, which it, is what I liked about that scene a lot. It's just yeah. there there isn't so much Tarantino that it takes away from everything around the rest of the film and Django's mission. You know? Yeah, I don't think he ever did that in any of the films he appeared in of his own. No, he never really did. But I was hoping that he wasn't going when I saw him when he came out onto the onto onto the to the scene. I was hoping I that. Hear. This wasn't going to be the beginning of something like that. Oh, because he did. I, she did try to be an actor for for a little while. I mean, he was more to, focused he, on doing that than directing. Well, he he just acted what he wanted to. He was having fun. I don't blame him. If I was no, directing my own but, films, I'd write myself in there somewhere. No, no, I'm talking about just doing movies on his own. And we don't. Well, bitch, just, you know, we don't bitch when actors become directors. I, I don't see the problem with that either. The other way, I never, I, I never understood why people like got all bent out of shape because Tarantino was doing acting. So, oh, gee. God well, no, I, I didn't get that bent saying, out of shape. I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just okay. Could have had another film in there at the time that he thought he was an actor, but <laughs> what do you mean? I think there was a three a three year hiatus between between uh, Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown where he was just trying to act. And? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe Jackie Brown would have been better. <laughs> now, I was based on an Elmore Leonard novel. You're, you know, you're you're uphill from there. I'm not a fan of Elmore Leonard, so I don't now, like I haven't I haven't I've only seen Jackie Brown once and I I re before I really even say that, I should revisit it one I more didn't time. Care for, I didn't care for uh Get Shorty didn't even bother watching the sequel. Uh, read a couple El Elmore Leonard books. Was not into his tone. Very dry for my taste. Uh, right. I've read other people that do that kind of crime noir uh, genre, and I've enjoyed other writers more. Charles Williford, I think, is a great author in that vein. Uh, uh, Thompson. Oh damn it! There's other really good authors. Of that name of that genre, like Charles Wilford, just off the top of my head, that I would back up. So I, I think that was doomed. And he, Tarantino's a huge fan of Elmore Leonard, so there's okay. the rub. Oh, there uh. it is. Now, All right. speaking of Tarantino as a director, yeah, there were really nice directorial touches. And when you, when you're watching this, you can't help but compare it to Inglorious Bastards, because both have that kind of epic feel. Both are period pieces. Both involve uh, violence and warfare and retribution. Uh, so it's it's hard not to compare the two. I think what he did great in Django was unlike um, Bastards, where he continuously he would always remind us every now and then that this is a work of art. This is art. He kept reminding us about other art. Uh, he you know with the film with the theater and everything everything was artistic everything was very dramatic so he was always right. reminding us that i'm going for art here this is uh time of the something of the time with django he reminds us periodically throughout the film that this is exploitation cinema this is western this is genre cinema this is not supposed to be taken as seriously right and it's supposed to be more fun the 
I love the three parts of the film, and I'm pretty sure there are th- only three, where he does the thing where somebody says something, and the camera zips into their face and goes whoosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does that. He did it with uh, DiCaprio. Um, he did it with Django. Django. Did he do it with Sam Jackson, or he did it with Christoph Waltz? I think he did it with Jackson. I think he did it with uh, Django twice. Django twice? I think so. Maybe I, you're right. Okay. I remember the Django one. I remember the uh, the uh, DiCaprio one. And and I think... And it's one of those things, too, where the first time he did it, it's like, that was cool. And then he, <laughs> wait, he waits so long that when he does it the second time, you don't think to yourself, what, what, what are we doing this again? It's actually fresh the second time he does it because you don't expect him to do it the second time. Right. And by the, t- by the time he does it the third time, it's so far along, it doesn't equate in your mind that he might overdo it because he's waited so long to do it again. It's just a nice little touch that really, he just threw it in when it worked. And again, he threw it in when there was tension to break to remind us that we're supposed to be having fun. Right. And I think, and, and I hate to even say this because I think the biggest reason why he wasn't nominated for Best Director is because of the way the film is done. They probably thought that, well, nothing new here, you know, nothing to see here. He's, it's a good film or a great film. Uh, it's directed well, but we don't see anything uh, that's uh, groundbreaking. And I think that's the wrong take. I think... Who said that? Because, huh? Who said that? I'm saying that. Why you- I'm just trying, I'm trying to, to interpret what they might be thinking of why they decided not to nominate him for Best Director. Uh, because it's a western and a so? bloody one. It's exploitation cinema. So it's exploitation cinema. The only reason they put it in Best Picture was because they have to fill like nine or ten slots now. Because apparently it's not a hard ten. Um, and they, again, they only did that because of Avatar, so now they're stuck with it. They're, Hollywood is not going to recognize certain types of films. Avatar was only stuck in there because it made a bajillion dollars. It's right. still, a, still, it's still a, like a sci-fi fantasy that they're not going to accept as a best picture film. Sci-fi is the only one that gets away with it now and then. Horror films do not get Oscars. Uh, majority. Nope. Across the field, I mean, I'm sure there's an exception. Well, I'm sure they get they get the technical stuff. Right. That's that's really where it goes. And Silence of the Lambs is as close to a horror film as you'll ever get. And that, that's really it. And that's, that's it. That's thriller. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and the one thing they're not going to give an Oscar to is a film that is an homage to exploitation, violent exploitation cinema of the '70s, especially in the year of the of the uh, gun the the gun killing spree. I guess so. And, and, yeah. and Obama taking away our guns, right? No way they're gonna they're gonna idolize a film with with one of the best bloodiest gun battles ever. They were really good. Oh, they were really my God. good. That, that he did, I mean, and again, there again, there's Tarantino. He, I mean, say what you want. He knows. I mean, there's violence throughout the film, but it's sporadic. Mm-hmm. It's quick. Uh, it's some of it's a little stylized, but for the most part, it's it's brutal and honest. And then you know everything's building up to this big showdown at the end. And so when this this one showdown occurs, he just suddenly just pulls the plug. And cranks it up to eleven, and in through the entire shootout, to the entire scene, you just can't believe it keeps going and keeps getting bloodier and more yeah. violent. And it, it just—I think at least five times—it was like, "Oh, jeez," you know, like 
verbally have to say something. It's so fucking amazing that he takes it so far. And because he knows at that point, you need that. And he, he holds off, for, he teases the audience for so long. And there's Again, there's violence here, there's violence here. There's that, that uh, Mandingo fight that's really, you know, harsh. Oh, yet, yeah, just barehanded, just barefisted, just bloody. Really? Like, I mean, and that's the one thing I gotta say is, is the film no know, he knows when to like have fun with the violence and when to say, okay, this is brutal shit because things were fucked up back then. Right, right. And, and this is the kind of shit that was that was acceptable. Everything it's not like we're watching like when they have it's that scene where DiCaprio and uh, James Franco, the guy that played Django, is the other guy. James Franco, Jamie Foxx. No, the original Django, sir. Oh, Franco Nero. Franco Nero. <laughs> I meant to say Franco Nero. Of course you did. I should have. I'm going to roll. Leave me alone. When Franco Nero, the original uh, uh, Django, is, is next to him, and, and they're betting on, and they're sitting at, in this like living room area, and in front of them, two half-naked, uh, big, meaty, black slaves uh, are fighting to the death, literally to the death in front of them. And... What it's hard to get. We're used to seeing scenes like this in films. What Tarantino tries to get across right. in the scene, through the casualness going on in the background, is, is this is not two crime lords having like Ill, having like this death fight in their lair. These this was socially acceptable. These were two rich people doing what rich people did, and there was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing against the law with it. There was nothing. It wasn't even frowned upon. No. And, and that's the point of that scene. And not only is that what he's good at, because, again, when, when you have the slave scenes, when you have scenes of torture or abuse uh, that are import, historically important because they're historically, uh, maybe not 100% historically accurate, but the shit went down the same way. Right. Right. There was that There was that kind of disregard for, you know, that scene where, the, where they set the dogs on them and tear their term apart? Yeah, like, yeah. That, like that never happened before. I mean, come, of course it did. Regular, all the time, yeah. Because there weren't people to people like uh, DiCaprio. But I'm sidetracking because not only does he do that, so when you're watching that scene, you're just you're totally taken by that. It's just brutal and, and holy shit, you know this, is, you know, and it feels real. He knows how to do what he did in Bastards at the beginning, where you have that long talk about how the Jews are the inferior race and everything, and then during this really, really solid serious, drawn-out, tense moment, he mm -hmm. pulls out Sherlock Holmes' pipe. Right, yes, and, exactly. You, know, you can feel the tension. And it works. Yeah, you can it feel works. It in the theater, you can feel the tension break is, is this low murmur of, what the fuck's with the pipe? And he does the same thing to a lesser extent in that scene with the Mandingo fighting, because there's a serious thing, and then it's over, and everybody's quiet, everything's serious. And then DiCaprio comes up, and he's drinking out of a fucking coconut. Yeah. <laughs> I do love my... You know, <laughs> Make that drink for me, and he brings it up. It's like the coconut with like the metal uh, base attached to it, and right. it just it just takes you out of that, and it's still real because it's still it's still believable for the character. Mm -hmm. It just it just helps you it helps alleviate that tension of that we just watched, you know, a, a degrading experience, but we watched it for a reason because this is reality was reality at a point in our history. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I that I noticed in the trailer, there are a lot of scenes in the trailer that uh, you don't see in the movie, 
which makes me believe that there is going to be an uh, an uncut or unrated extended edition of this movie when it's released. Okay, I disagree totally. You think so? I, I well, here's why: because when you have a director's cut or a, an extended cut, it's because things were uh, they had to cut things out of the film because the time they had you know for time constraints and things like that. This yeah. three hour and forty fucking minute film, isn't it? No, it's not. No, it's, it's two hour two hours and. 30, 30, 39 minutes. It's a two-hour. It's a three-hour fucking movie. It's two and hours and thirty-nine minutes. If you're watching which hours, three-hour fucking movie. He. I, I'm not I, saying the extended cut's going to be ridiculous. I, it could be ten, no, fifteen minutes. I'm no, just saying there's more to see, which more, I'm looking forward to. There's more to see, but it's not going to be an extended cut. There'll be deleted scenes added on the DVD. I think this is his cut. You think so? Okay. How, how many extended cuts has he come out with with his other stuff? Pulp Fiction, I don't think, had an extended cut, did it? You know you know what? You're right. Um, I don't think he's ever done an extended cut before. The dogs didn't have an extended cut. Kill Bill, despite everybody's clamoring for the whole bloody affair, he never did a long cut of those two together. There was never an extended cut. He's had outtakes or uh, deleted scenes in a couple of the DVDs, I think. Especially like Dust, but well, Dust of Dawn, he didn't direct. Yeah. But. I, I have a, a, a fan edit of, of Kill Bill, Whole Bloody Affair, oh. and Right, and I would love to see what he really does with it. I'd like to compare the two to see how close this this fan edit actually came to his original vision. Mm. Because from what I, th- I I because what did you tell me not that long ago that he it, it's slated that there's going to be a Kill Bill three. It know. says it's in pre production on. Uh, if you go to IMDb, it says Kill Bill three yeah. is in pre production. Um, I think they'll officially do unless kill bill 3 is just ties in the first and second to the third mm-hmm. they'll do a whole bloody he'll do a whole bloody affair cut when kill bill 3 becomes available on uh, dvd and blu-ray maybe i, I mean I, I it seems like he's back in a movie making mode again <clears throat> and i got to feel i have a i'm just guessing cuz obviously i don't know the man personally but i have a feeling that he's going to be in movie making mode for a while, and I don't think he's going to go back and revisit stuff like special editing things until after he like is done with his career, so to say. Not even done with his career, but but takes a break from from the the big filmmaking. It's I entirely think, possible. He I, I, he has gone on record as saying he wants to make ten movies and then retire and just which, write. Which again, I I fucking hate when they say shit like that. It's well. Just, just make, just make the fucking movies, and then when you stop, we'll know it's over. You, you don't announce your. I, I hate when they announce shit like that. Again, it's like it's 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 so self-important too. So I'm only gonna make ten films. So no one was begging <laughs> you for five. What the fuck? You know, thank you for the movies, but now this is his seventh movie. I I think seventh or eighth. Uh, I don't know. I think it's his seventh movies, which it, according to him would mean he'd only have three more, which. Judging by how often he makes a movie, that's another nine years. Here's my prediction. He, he, after a certain point, he stopped just doing movies, and he started doing homages. Uh, I'm counting Grindhouse as one of them, because he did half of that. Um, Yeah, Deathproof. Yeah, uh, yes. He did his horror film uh, homage with that. Before that, he did Kill Bill, which was his martial arts homage. Right. Which ended up being two films only because his first film was four fucking five fucking hours long. Um, <laughs> so then he did his uh, war film homage. This is his western homage, even if he doesn't want to call it a fucking western. 
So Please. I think he's going through all of the genres and What's just next? And doing his own genre homages. Uh, the only thing I can say is uh, Death Proof was really more of a... Uh, it was 70s. More of a 70s action film homage. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting that at some point he's going to do a horror film homage, either if not if not like a supernatural horror film of whatever time period, but at least of like a sla- a real serial killer or real uh, like Glass House on the Left type homage, because Death Proof starts out like that, but it really turns out being an homage to like stuntmen. Yeah. And so it's yeah. I I I want to agree with you, but. Uh, that that guy's ear just got cut off, uh, <laughs> or or he might even look at the other things. He could he, he could go out of making him eat it. <laughs> he could go out of left field and do like uh, an homage to to like exploitational comedies of the seventies. He could. Uh, I want to agree with that, but deep down, something inside of me makes me think that he he wants that best picture real bad, and I think he's gonna. He'll still do what he wants to do, and he could do a horror film homage. But if he knows that they're never going to make a horror film a best picture, he won't do it. They're, um, they're not going to give him a best picture, and he knows it. He knows it. He knows they're not. Nowhere, nowhere in that that demented brain of his is he delusional where he thinks someday they'll give the guy who did Pulp Fiction and uh, Bastards and Kill Bill. No way will they ever give this guy an Oscar. They have to respect him enough to, no, to, to consider it. They, I think they do. They really don't. What they'll do is they'll if, if he makes enough good films that he'll get a he'll posthumous get the, Oscar or they'll give him a lifetime achievement award afterwards, yeah. where they're going to say, "Well, you know, he did so much stuff. We don't have to really, you know, go into detail." But I, I honestly, they don't give Oscars to people like him. They don't give Oscars to people who make violent films, who uh, who go for. The, I mean, he, he's he's outside of the of the legitimate theater in a sense. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it's nice that we have people like like him that are making entertaining fucking movies. Yeah. Richard Richard no, Bay. Uh, uh, Richard Bay. Michael Bay. Mike, th- thank you. What the <laughs> fuck is my problem today? What the <laughs> fuck is my problem today? Richard Bay. Fucking Richard Bay. Didn't he have a, a fucking like Jerry Springer type show back in the yes. day? Yes. And he, then he did, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then he went on to do a political talk radio, which actually he was actually very good in that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, no, I, and I agree with all of that. I, I just, I really, I, I, I think he's going to be, or at least try and be in Oscar mode. Um, Sam Raimi did an Oscar. Sam Raimi will never get an Oscar. Neither and there, there, there is a director that will never get an Oscar. Tarantino is never going to get an Oscar unless it's like a, a lifetime achievement or a posthumous one. Again, <clears throat> he's making good films, but not the kind of films they want to hold up as cinematic achievements. It ain't gonna happen. Know. Django is a great film; they know it, but they're not gonna hold up a a western, a violent western, with with uh, multiple words throughout the film. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, he has no shot this year, just based no. on that alone, saying, uh, which is unfortunate. But it's not—it's not, it's not going to happen. That's it's just, fucking 2013. How close-minded are we as a country? It well, just—it's insane. People are—people are fucking stupid. I mean, how, how much money the Paranormal Activity Four make? Oh my God, I watched that. Oh, <laughs> holy! I—I uh, I need to do a mini review of that before we stop this episode because I've got a vent on that one. Really? Okay. Holy, holy shit! Anyway. But 
<laughs> you, so, I mean, I've been talking too much about a lot of stuff. I mean, as far as Django goes, I mean, it, Django Unchained, like you say, because Django's playing in the background. Um, really, uh, I, I put it just below, just below Inglorious Bastards. Fuck you. I, I agree. I, I I was thinking that the whole time. I was saying to myself that Inglorious Bastards and Pulp Fiction are still better, but not by much. He he is really he's really turned it on in the last six you know seven eight years. He is on his fucking game. Well, yeah, death death proof. You know that was that was almost like even though that's a a, a full movie, it's a ninety minute movie that counts. Uh, on his resume that was so much an homage that much like the films from the 70s yeah. it was you know it was too much like an homage that's it was too close yeah. and and in doing that that they just made it boring i, I have got it i know what he's gonna do maybe not next but he's really he's gonna do it again the reason he's cranking out these great films now is i think in his mind he has a plan this is his epic series this is his this is his uh uh, trilogy, tr- uh, trilogy. Uh, if you want, where Terry Gilliam, like if you look at his films, he had his whole uh, trilogy of like uh, Time Bandits, Time Brazil, Bandits, Fisher King, Bear Munchausen, not Fisher King, different series here. Which about uh, you know? Fisher- oh, I see. I get you. Okay. Well, Fisher King, fantasy, kinda, fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Fisher King kind of falls in that too, as far as like a uh, Don Quixote kind of thing. But he he had his whole. If you you can hold up his works of film and say these are uh, this is like a certain theme throughout it. Tarantino's theme for his epic masterpiece, so to speak, his body of work, is going to, is genres. Like I said before, Death Proof. Uh, whether or not that's going to count as a horror film will remain to be seen. But let's call it that right now. Death, you know, again, horror films or or stunt film, what have you. Supernatural Western, war film, martial arts film. I guarantee. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Talk to the hand. Uh, I guarantee his next one of the ones he's going to do next, Spy. Oh, especially since he wanted to do Casino Royale. Yeah, remember he was that's trying. A, that's to, a that is very interesting point. Why else would he want to consider Casino Royale? Because he was going to put that into his vision. It was going to be his Bond film. You know his 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 seventies his exploitation or his his seventies spy genre as it were. Mm. I guarantee that's going to be one of the films he does coming up. Whether he takes tries to go Bond or go like like uh, in like Flynn, or Flint, it's Flynn, in right? like Flint, Flint, in like Flint, Flint. I'm thinking of the Flynn series, which was a spinoff of um, uh, the Fletch series. Oh, I, I think okay. that's going to be one of them. I, I, I put that down now as my my prediction. My camera doesn't like me all of a sudden. Yeah, there's not many uh, genres left uh, that he could do. I, I would imagine. So yeah, if he's if and that. Is what he wants his um, body of work, his masterpieces to be? Then yeah, that's that's a very good point. Again, unless he goes to like uh, like your teen comedy, I just don't see. I just don't see him doing it. I know, but again, I when he did when he did Kill Bill, I remember being very apprehensive. It's like, what the fuck is this? I re- well, I remember when we went. Yeah, we went. We went to the theater to see it together. And I remember, bef- we bought our tickets. You know, we're in the lobby. We're getting our popcorn, soda, what what have you. And you you leaned over to me and you said, "And this is an exact quote: This movie better be fucking violent." <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> because mm. uh, it he was, you know, it was on the fence about what you know he was going to do. Uh, I think did he do Jackie Brown and then Kill Bill? Yes. It was a six-year, seven-year layoff, right? Something like that. Well, he did other yeah. stuff in the meantime. But he was doing, yeah, he was doing some side stuff. But everything and, up until that point he was attached to was gangster-related, was, you know, yeah. that crime, gangster, action, drama. And uh, and this was, in a way, you knew he liked this kind of stuff. You know, it was in everything. Yep. It was mentioned in other films. But it was a departure as far as, like, okay, gangster films are safe. You know, violent, co- you know, cop drama, whatever, are safe. This isn't safe. This is something that no one else is doing. And when he did it, there was the apprehension of, okay, he's either flipped or he's going to do something great. And turned out he did something great. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And, I, and volume one and volume two, even though he made, everything was made all at the same time, there's different tones to both films. The first film is more action-packed, oriented. Uh, there, there's a lot more going on, whereas the second one is a little more dialogue-driven and it's more dramatic. But mm-hmm. still has its scenes, you know, of action and whatnot. But it, it, they are almost like two different films, but they they have their own styles, and it works, really well, works. And that makes sense from a filmmaker's point of view. If you have to split a film like that into two, you're not, you know, if you 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 can't really make them even. So what you want to do is you want to front load it with a lot of cool stuff, and right. then the other stuff on the second half, even if it's not as action filled. It's still going to be quality stuff. So then you can have people come back and say, well, it wasn't as good as the first because you're always going to hear that. So at least make right. sure you put all your best stuff in the first film because no matter what you do with that first film, how, how often does anybody say the second film was better than the first? And yeah. please don't say fucking Godfather. I wasn't going to. Okay, because I hear that a lot and I don't care. But um, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, if actually the uh, – and this is really – no one has to really go by this, but the IMDb rating for Kill Bill Two is actually higher than Kill Bill One. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, that not is- by much, not by much, but it is higher. Oh, <laughs> um, I think a lot of people respected what he did in Volume Two, where it was more dramatic, it was more dialogue driven, and it still was interesting and good. Because um, it could have went the other way completely. Sure. You know. Now, I mean. Now, talking about Django Unchained again, mm. the one thing... Oh, now I can finally watch myself on, uh, on live, live stream. stream. And, good. Am, I, am, I, uh, am I syncing properly on your end? My end, you're fine. Okay, then I'm probably good. That's cool. I just wanted to see if it worked because live stream sucks balls. Um, Django! There's <laughs> not much I want to discuss about the film itself because this is a film that I honestly don't want to spoil anything. There were so yeah. many. Yeah, there there's was, a lot of little things, sure. There are so many surprises, little surprises, and fun moments throughout the film. I I dared not even allude to any of them. I, I even didn't even like mentioning Tarantino being in the film, but I, I had to for what we're talking about. There, the film is filled up with so many pleasantries, so many uh, moments where you, you just, if you're not laughing or, or gasping, you're just smiling because it's cool. Uh, he manages that so well throughout the film and manages to... Uh, you know what? If I had any problem with the film, it would be like the very ending. The very, very ending? Very, very ending. The horse. That's all I'll say. 
Oh. <laughs> and, and that very minor quibble. Very minor. But Yeah. But I don't think it's bad. I don't think it ruins the film. I just wouldn't. But if we were going to talk and give away, I, I think I could defend it. Oh, no, uh, I'm sure you could. And I, yeah. I, I, I could defend it, too. I just, for me, it was just, it's not what I wanted. That doesn't mean it was, was it wrong. It's like, right. punch, it's like, for me, it's like punch, drug, lo- punch. I'm just going to stop. It's like punch, drunk, <laughs> love for me. It didn't go where I wanted it to go. It's still a good film. But I just felt slightly disappointed because I was writing a different film in my head during the first half. Okay. So I wrote my own ending in my head before the ending came up. So it was a slight letdown because it didn't end the way I would have liked it to. Okay. Doesn't hurt the film. But yeah, there's just what what do you talk about in the film without without getting it giving anything away? No, it just if you talk about one thing, it might ruin another thing. Right. I will see this. Uh, there's a major. Uh, have, have you seen? There's this interview with Tarantino where he actually called on a writer who had complained about an aspect of the film that they said they didn't buy it, and he actually did an interview with them and like debated it with them, but didn't like like say they were wrong. So you know, it's a good point. What uh, uh, do you remember? What uh, that entailed? It, it or entailed, is it? Would, it's, we, it's would the, we be giving something away? The rationale that uh, the, what happens in the film that's not giving away too much. Is that Django is rescued by, um, what's the, what's the doctor's name again? Schultz. Schultz. He's saved by he's saved by Schultz to help him track down people that he knows because Schultz is a hit a bounty hunter, and right. then he brings him into the fold as a bounty hunter, and this is kind of in the trailer, and then at a certain point they go to, they try to find somebody that Django knew before. Right now. In, in later in the film it involves Leonardo DiCaprio in order to try to get this person from DiCaprio Schultz devises this scam to trick him into giving them the person or, or leading them to the person right. and the, the reviewer complained that the scam didn't make sense and what I loved about the interview is that Tarantino comes out and he explains that for Sh- the Schultz character the scam made perfect sense, and here's why. And Based I, in the mind of the Schultz character, yes, this is a great plan. And and it's something where, the minute I read it, it's like, Tarantino's not just good with pacing and stuff, he's good with characters. Right. And when he creates the Schultz character and the, the uh, Django character, their motivation, things they do in the film that seem stupid or seem off, totally are within their character based upon how that character uh, sees the world, has been treated by the world, and interacts with the world. Okay. And that's what makes it so much a better of a film, that just reading one line from Tarantino where he says that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's how he thinks. And then you, you look at Schultz throughout the whole film, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's kind of a given when you're watching it, because you're not really thinking too much about it, but if you go back and, and try to break down aspects of the, of the film, Schultz's character is this way. And it's it's really carried on throughout it. It's it's, a, it's an integral part of the character, and you don't even think about it. It's it's just I it's very I I know it's not going to win Best Picture. I really hope it wins. No, screenplay. it won't. I I think this year. I really uh, hope it wins screenplay. Is what I'm saying. Was it nominated for original screenplay? I'm pretty sure it was. Am I? I'm, yeah. Yeah. We went over this last last episode. I think you're right. Uh, very quickly, Kill Bill Volume 2 over Volume 1. 
uh, 8.2 for volume 1, 8.0 for volume 2. Oh, it, used that's to be, like a, it used to be the polar opposite of that. It's like a um, fraction. You know. But it's like 300,000 users voting on that. So it's still... It, yeah, it's... Um, let's see. I think, I, I think he is nominated, but I, I gotta look. Let's see. Best original screenplay is... Drum roll, please. Now, did you see this bullshit that they did? They, yeah, he's they, yeah, he's he's nominated. Did you see this bullshit that they pulled the Django Unchained slave action figures? <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I didn't realize they had slave action figures for the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a big deal. Apparently, they're like they're they're e eBay won't allow them to. Uh, to the, eBay is actually banned them being. Sold on eBay. This this country, it, it's just one gigantic pussy. A bunch of African American advocacy groups uh, squawked at the idea of having slave action figures, which I don't understand. Now, so they pulled them, and so now these are, are like rare collectibles, like you know, worth you know, people are trying to buy them for. Now, is it uh, Django? Uh, the bounty hunter and then Django the slave. It, it, are there two action figures, or is it just Django the slave action figure? Is it just Django and and Broomhilda? I mean, what what is it? Because if it's just the two of them, then I stand by how this country is just a giant pussy even more. It's but if it's it, if it's like a whole chain gang of slaves, not even. Yeah. It's, it's it's just black people. I mean. The, the the ones I'm looking at right now is Schultz, Broomhilda, Butch, right. uh, Candy, Steven, Django. It, it's, uh, I mean... It's the cast. It's the movie. It's the, That's it. I, I, and appear, I, that's I'm, that's I'm all there to, is, right? I, I never looked into it further, so I'm trying to find out why the, the uh, black advocacy groups were so pissed off that they I mean, had... I mean, probably because of the Samuel L. Jackson doll. <laughs> that's probably why what is sam jack i mean leonardo DiCaprio. uh he was interviewed uh and, and saying that um he had a lot of trouble you know making the film in the beginning because of how often he had to say the word nigger and sam jackson and jamie fox he went to them and said listen you know it's you know i'm having some issues with you know making this movie so far and they sat him down and sam jackson was quoted as saying, it's like, enough of that shit, motherfucker. Let's make this movie like it's any other Tuesday. <laughs> and you know what? It's like, Sam Jackson has zero problems with any of this shit. Sam Jackson is just laid back. He has fun. You know, he doesn't care if Quentin Tarantino you know, has him say the word 50 times in a scene. He just, he has confidence it's going to be fine. He has confidence in Tarantino. And, you know, you, you have to be. Right. You have to be. I, I'm going to attack this, and this is almost a. This is almost fodder for. Uh, is this uh, strangers? It's almost strangers, but it is all entertainment related. So I wanted to talk about it here. This is about the slave action figures. Well, it's the, the fact that the civil rights groups came out and they complained that these action figures were trivializing slavery when none of them are what you were saying. Is like, well, are they like slaves with chains on them and stuff? No, it's all the uh, the main characters, and they're dressed up like they were in the house. Uh, the Samuel Jackson ones were in the soup room. Hilda's got the gown thing on. And so they're complaining that it's trivializing the slavery. 
era, and it's bullshit. It's gonna be. They're a bunch of reminds, fucking asses. Now again, That's... I'm I'm a progressive guy. I, I'm pro Obama. I'm pro civil rights. I'm pro women's rights. I'm pro gay rights. I'm I'm, I'm as left as you can get without being commie. But <laughs> every any every group crosses the line, and this reminds me of back in the I want to say nineties. Okay. There was a pilot for a TV show. It was it was a ripoff of the Black Adder TV series. The plot, I forget the name of it, but you might remember what I'm talking about. The plot okay. was it was a black servant in the Lincoln White House. And the the gist of it was just like Black Adder, uh Black Adder season uh two or, you know, two and three. Uh the black servant was the brains and Lincoln was an idiot. And it, and so the black servant was the only one holding the whole place together. It was a comedy that poked fun at the you know, at Lincoln and everything where the black person, the black man was right. the, the the smartest person in the room and was manipulating everything and the comedy was derived from that. The opening scene of it was a uh, the opening shot, and of course they hear about this, and 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 civil rights groups started complaining about it without having seen the film, the pilot, without having seen it. Then, uh, when the pilot came out, the opening shot, and this is taking place during the Civil War, mind you. Opening shot is like a silhouette against the red sky, talking about the Civil War, mm-hmm. and one of the things you see is a silhouette of people being hanged. And of course, the the rights, the civil rights groups. Freaked out, saying you've got silhouettes of black people. Hang, there were silhouettes. <laughs> that's why they were black. I mean, they, they hung people besides blacks back then, especially for trees and that kind of thing. It was right. a fucking war. They flipped out, said that they were making that they were trivializing the exploitation of blacks from that time period, and this was an anti-black show. They pulled the fucking show. I've seen the pilot. It wasn't a good show. But <laughs> but the only thing it wasn't, it not only wasn't it good, it wasn't racist in the least, and it wasn't. There was nothing negative, stereotype-wise. It was all positive, uh, and I, I hear I hear blinking, so I think someone's telling me the name of the show. Uh, the Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. That's it. I, know, I, I, I never heard of it. I, I've seen the pilot. It was. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying to trying to to help you out with the title, and I just never heard of no. it. Well, that's because they never. I think it aired once, and then they pulled it. But my point is, same shit going on here. Well, they, they're so they're so pissed off about this film that they can't do anything about it because you know, they have like Samuel Jackson backing it, and even though Spike Lee's giving them shit about it, who gives a fuck? No one listens to Spike Lee anymore. Uh, so what? I think even Jamie Foxx said, "I respect Spike Lee, but he needs to shut up." Yeah, I mean, again, the, the adults are in the room now. Spike, you know, Spike Lee was great at at bringing it. Getting attention through controversy. Not saying he wasn't a good filmmaker, but he got his attention through controversy, and it's almost just like he's trying to get more attention through controversy when there's no controversy. It's just a film, right? Which you know uh, we've heard plenty. We've we, we've heard plenty of times in Spike Lee's film, <laughs> just because it's a white guy making films with, and it doesn't mean it's not good, right? Um, well, Spike Lee's had a problem with Quentin Tarantino all the way back to Pulp Fiction. Spike Lee's had a problem with all white people since all the way back to uh, uh, Do the Right Thing. His childhood. And I'm not, uh, I'm not saying <clears throat> I'm justified in that. Well. But, but even if there's a certain point where you got to pull back, and, and again, with the civil rights groups now coming out and, and saying we, we have to yank these toys, and again, the toy the, the people say, oh, let's pull the toys. Can everybody just <laughs> calm the fuck down? Ain't going to happen. 
that's just the country we live in, and it gets worse every single year. Uh, Spike Lee has also uh, gone on record to say that he will not see Django Unchained out of respect for his ancestors. I wish I had the audio, but that's exactly that's word for word. I will not see a Django Unchained out of respect for my ancestors. I, I, I will purchase the Blu-ray of Django out of disrespect for Spike Lee. <laughs> People below me. <sighs> Please. What's uh, Spike Lee? I, I just heard the other day that he is doing a... Um, I think it's a remake. I'm going to look it up now. But I remember... I remember uh, seeing that the, the the film that it was, and I'm like, he's doing that. They gave him that. Oh, that's right. You're not gonna like this because I remember not liking it when I heard it. He is doing the remake of Old Boy. Oh, mother fucker! <laughs> oh. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, he he's and they're in post production. So he's he's or he's done filming it. There's oh motherfucker, don't fuck with my do not fuck with my films. You can't do that to me. He is doing old boy. God damn cocksucker! Does, does, does it have a list of who's in it? Sam Jackson. <laughs> Sam Jackson's in it. Josh Brolin. Uh. Oh, one of the Olsen... Oh, the Olsen girl from um, Silent House. Elizabeth Olsen. Oh. She's in it. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just did a Google search for it. Josh Brolin plays uh, old boy, and they gave him the same hair. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I have to look it up I now. I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh Brolin is old boy. I don't know if it's a promotional still because he's he's holding the hammer from the from the the hallway scene, so it might just be a promotional shot. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on! I'm bringing this picture up for everybody. <laughs> hold on, everybody has to see this. You got to be fucking kidding me! All right, here it comes. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that has to be shopped. It's got to be shopped. I, I, I think so. I think it's shopped. <laughs> it's still which fucking make, hilarious, which, though. No, it is photoshopped. I just, I just got a bigger version of it. It is photoshopped. It's still okay, good. Hilarious. Okay. <laughs> oh God! All right, there we go. Get that out of there. That was worth it, though. <laughs> it's a Halloween release. October 2013. That'll get pushed. It's That's not going to stay there. Samuel Jackson's in it? Uh, you know what? If you do a search, if you do a search for Josh Brolin Old Boy, there's a couple of shots of him that's on the set and he's got his head is almost shaved it's really really low cut and he's wearing some vest type outfit where uh his shoulders all his arms are completely exposed 
I I don't see I don't see Samuel L. Jackson in the uh, uh, list for that. Um, He's on the IMDb list. What's, as, Spike Lee, uh, what's Spike Lee doing making a movie about white boy problems? I don't know. You know what? I'm, honestly, I, I, the, the, in the film, a white man is is uh, in prison for 20 years. I think I'm uncomfortable uh, with uh, Spike Lee making this kind of film. Really? <laughs> I, I think I'm uncomfortable with seeing white men caged. Uh, Maybe. Know. They got pictures of Elizabeth Olsen on the set, and holy shit, is she fucking stacked. Gives a, I don't give a shit. Uh, I think <laughs> That's she, a great picture, right. though. I don't she's care if it's right. fake. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think I think Barone, I, I think he, he could even pull off that hair. It's just such a shock. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, there's the original picture. And I got Josh Brolin's head next to him. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, <laughs> fucking hell! If he's gonna do the remake properly, shit. It... oh shit! Spoiler alert! Damn, fuck! Hmm, it's like a big. Uh... Yeah, I didn't realize it. Until, did you, until, did, yeah. me. I didn't say. I I said just just forget I said anything. Shit! Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! Where what is this? Hour and sixteen? Maybe I'll maybe I'll edit it out. Yeah, you know if you can, if you can. If I can, let me let Just, me write it down because I will forget. Yeah, I, I really don't want to ruin that for anybody. That that's that's that was very stupid on my part. <laughs> if you can just go back and just even even just like you can stop a, talking like, about it because this part's going to be real weird when no one hears what we just said. You just, can you just put a beep in there? Uh, you know what? That's a great idea. Just put a beep beep. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll put a an audio clip from Django in there. Uh, um, real quick before we wrap yeah. the show, but again, Django, excellent fucking film. See it, please see it. Do you think you could do uh, your review of Paranormal, Paranormal Activity four in five yeah, minutes or less? I say, yeah, I want. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe five or six. Yeah. Okay. Five uh, but, or six. But, but, See, while Django is still in the theaters, please, please see it in the theater. I'm so glad I got a chance to see it in the theater. You're going to kick yourself if you don't see it in the theater. It's definitely fucking theater material. Go see it. Go see it. Um, Paranormal Activity 4, on the other hand, um, not a big fan of the first three films, okay? Obviously. I, I like the first film because I felt they did something original, okay? Yes, until three. they redid it three more times. Right. Now, I did not like two and three, obviously. However, what I will give them credit for is the first film was original as far as they did something that nobody else was doing, and it was a while since we had anything like uh, Blair Witch, so give them that much credit. They pulled it off. They pulled it off on a low budget. Okay. Paranormal Activity 2 and 3, even though they rehashed the same idea, each time they reinvented something to good effect. For Part 2, they put the it was the security camera, so it was blinking back and forth, and they used that uh, as... They use that to effect. Well, okay. part three, they had the thing where, oh, you know, it's, it, we're going back to the 70s now. So he puts the camera on the, the fan thing and it's tilting back and forth. So we have the ca camera moving on a regular pace. They use that to a certain effect. They did new things in each one where it's, okay, this time this, this happened. So you're trying to figure out, oh, what's going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And it was always something to good effect. Something new was always in there. Even though most of it was rehashed, they managed to do something new. What the fuck happened with part four? 
I have I have a theory that they're pocketing the money. <laughs> I, I I seriously think because the budget. I think you said the budget stayed the same each one. It's like five million dollars for each one. I uh, it it it's yeah they're pretty close. I mean they they go up a little bit. They, by part four, they got they did the same. They did the same thing in uh, with the Saw series. They knew to keep the budget low, right. so that they'd always make a profit. But, but even though the budget was low, you could see where they were using it. Uh, as far as like the second and third film, because the first one obviously, but the second and third film, there was a but it's a small budget. It was still put to use. You can see places like okay, we did this, we did that. Third film, we did this, we did that. They're right. pocketing the fucking money. Somebody, somebody attached to this. Go, I guarantee you, there are two sets of books. Go back. Someone, <laughs> one, one of the one of the producers or all of them, are pocketing that fucking money. None of it's make it to the screen. Not only do they do nothing, the only original thing in this one is uh, some of the, it's, it's webcams uh, on the laptop. Yeah, they they did that. Now here here's how bad it is. Hmm. Not only do they do that. They still have people walking around holding the cameras. We've got scenes where people are filming themselves doing stuff when there's no reason to. They're not documenting anything. They're just using a camera. They did that. They did that a bit in part two. Where it was like, why the fuck are you filming yourself talking to your teenage daughter, you you freak? Yeah. Um. In two and three, where you had like the scene where like all the, everything came out of the cabinets, and the one where everything's in the ceiling and all that. It's everything scaled back in part four. In this one, it's like, oh, the chair moved. And yeah. like, wow, the chair moved. Okay, so they're leading up to something big? No, that's it. it the, uh, the knife the, the mother's using, it goes up with her back's turned. Where's my knife? And you're like, okay, now what's going to happen? What's going to happen? No, that's it. What do you mean? That, that, that's it. That's it. Even the way people are killed, because right, it's paranormal activity. People die. People are dying at the end. You know that. It's fucking fact. It's the same goddamn ways. Head, you know, snap the neck. It's, the, the, it, it's all fucking repeats. The only thing they do that's kind of original is they do the thing with the Xbox um, Connect. The Connect. I saw that. You know what? And that's, to me, that is more product placement mm. and whoring out. Easily so. But here's, here's how bad it is. It's he, just, it does, looked bad in the trailer when they were trying, when they were doing it. It's so bad they don't even stick to anything because, first of all, he does it with the, you know, you have to have the night the night vision on. Right. Then they set up with the, with the camera there. Apparently, the camera has the ability to turn the night vision on and off automatically when you turn the lights off. I didn't know cameras did that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't even do it consistently. There's one scene where, it, like, it doesn't do it right. It, it doesn't, there's no correcting. In a found footage film, the idea is the footage is found afterwards and then edited together so you can get a complete story. This is a found footage film where they actually have jump cuts that obscure things that happened in the story. Like there's, like something happens off screen, and you're like, but wait a minute, the camera was still on in that room. The cameras aren't turning off. So so there's 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 coverage of what happened in that room. We're just not going to show you. <laughs> Whoever put this together decided we're not going to show you that part because so even so at least in part two when the cameras are switching back forth back forth it's supposed to be the way you would if you had four cameras up to one monitor right so you're only seeing and then with the camera moving back and forth okay we're purposely doing this so you're only going to see what the camera sees the cameras are seeing everything in part four but it's edited so you don't see certain things why the fuck would you do that and also let's forget the fact that the the, the two kids involved are recording everything happening in this house and for some reason aren't watching the tapes and aren't showing anybody 
That <laughs> doesn't believe me. Really? Because I just saw a video of what you were talking about, and it's pretty fucking convincing. Why isn't Dad listening to you? Oh, because she didn't show him the fucking video. It's, <laughs> it's, and I'll tell you right. I'm I'm, oh, I'm going to ruin this for you. This is a spoiler alert. So, but you're you're not going to. I I haven't seen the second or so third I say, film. I say you. I mean the audience. Um, oh, okay. You're not going to care when you watch the film. So no, I ruin this for you. You're introduced to a kid at the beginning that you think is Hunter, which is the kid that the was uh, kidnapped in the second film. Correct. In the second film, okay. at the end, it kidnapped. So it's supposed to be an older hunter. The twist halfway through, which isn't really a twist because it's just fucking stupid, is that it's not the, the strange kid across the street who's hunter. It's the kid in his family who was apparently adopted. So here's the question. Why the fuck did she kill her enti- sister's entire family and kidnap the kid only to somehow put it up for adoption? <laughs> Come back like three years later or four years later and then kill a whole family and take it a day again. And I, I, I did research on this. I was like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. And there are apologists, apologists for this film, <laughs> who say, no, what happened was, if you listen carefully to the film, which I don't know why you do that, um, the whole idea was in, this kid, he had to be uh, raised in a pure environment. So he had to be in a family that was pure to prepare him for the ceremony they're going to do for the, for, the, for the boy. It's like, oh, okay. So, th- so they had to get adopted. So it could be raised by a normal family, like her sister's family, who killed this kidnapped the kid in the first fucking place. <laughs> it's it's beyond it's it's and and there wasn't even an interview with the f- fucking assholes who made this film. Asshole, I'm calling you assholes. And <laughs> and the, it was an MTV interview, so so there, there wasn't a follow up question of what the fuck are you talking about, where the guy asked. <laughs> Well, why would she? Well, that's the crowd they're going for, and it just and I, and and I'm gonna say it: our generation and the generation before that, and the generation before before that, absolutely fucking smarter. This generation, I've seen on on a daily to weekly. I, I'm telling you, man, there's something going on, and, I, and this is definitely more for the Strangers show. There, people are getting dumber. Stop. I know people are getting dumber. It, it's it's incredible. The MTC They'll just take anything they they're given. I'm sorry. The MTV interview asks them, "Why would she kill her family and kidnapped uh, Hunter only to have him adopted in another family? To so he had so she had to get him from them later." And what their answer was, "Well, I guess that's a question that'll have to be answered in another film." No, it won't. No, that's not how you do it. You don't. You don't. You don't put gaps in logic in a film and say, "Oh, we'll do it in the sequel." No, no, no. You you lay hints and clues. You don't give me a, a, a uh, an idiot plot hole I can drive a truck through and say, "Oh, that's just you know that's another story for another time." No, it's not. It's this story now. Yes, it is. Uh, While wow, since I've been physically angry after watching a film, this is one of them. Uh. Paranormal Activity 5 is slated to be coming out October 25th, 2013. Although, that train is starting to slow down. Because everybody saw Part 4 and said, what the fuck? Well, yeah, the first film came out, it had a $15,000 budget. But after they added that Hollywood ending, it was somewhere realistically around a million and a half. Right. You know, and all the other little things that they did. Then Paranormal Activity 2 comes out. 
and that cost three million. And uh, it did it, that did extremely well at the box office. First one did over a hundred. That one, the second one did eighty four. Third one did a hundred and four. The third film and the fourth film both both cost five million dollars. And I would dare, I would absolutely say that the fifth film is going to cost somewhere around the same as well. Mm. Um, but the drop off for Parano- Paranormal Activity four was huge. It made thirty million its opening weekend, and then just dropped off the face of the planet because it only did fifty three total. So I, I get the feeling that Paranormal Activity five is going to do the same thing. I, it's I, just it's just it, each ser- each film is going to make less and less money because. It took, t- takes people a long time, but they're realizing that uh, what you've just said, it's just they're getting fucking duped. It, it, it's just getting, it's fucking lazy. It was a lazy film. Lazy, lazy film. I do like the fact that Paranormal Activity 5, the plot says the plot is unknown at this time, and I think they should put that as the plot for Part 4 as well. <laughs> I think it would still be accurate now. It probably would. I mean... Again, I didn't like the second and third film, but at least again with three, it's like, oh, that's interesting. They're they're going backwards and they're explaining some of the backstory. That's what you do. You don't just leave fucking common sense logic explanations out of the film and say, we'll do that later. Fuckers, fuck these greed. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm I'm less angry at like I don't know. What are you I, less saying? I, I just <laughs> had to get that off my chest though. I, I had to had to vent on that. Um, I, I, you know what? Good vent. Good vent. Fucking, fucking, fucking. Django. Django. Do you know the plot of this? Django. <laughs> Who's in the coffin? His name is Django. <laughs> All right. Do we want to go ahead and end the? Yeah, let's end, end this. The, but end the show but again. Please, please, please go see Django. Go, please, please, please. please. Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, it's it's making still making money, pretty decent money. Uh, at 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 one point, Tarantino's films are they they're blockbusters. Not maybe not blockbusters, but they make close to two hundred million dollars a movie now. He's become extremely popular again because they're good. They're they're great, but you know when he when he did his Jackie Browns, even when he did the Kill Bills, uh, he did Death Proof profitable kill bill okay he made they made back their money uh big time but you know most of the time most of his films they 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 do okay but they've they've since they they've gotten to the point of where you go see a tarantino film it's an event well because you make sure you see it in the theater yeah because he's making epic films but they they're epic but they don't feel like epic, epic. Like when you go to watch these goddamn epics they make now, like Lord of the Rings shit. Uh, I mean, it's like okay, all right, I get it. But you know, my, if miles and miles of uh, orcs and everything, a fifteen-minute preview and this and that, and now so much CGI that you could choke a fucking golem with it. Uh, but when you watch <laughs> Django, like Django and Bastards, they're epics, right. but they're not epics in shit thrown at the screen. They're epics in the the uh, the thematic scope of the film. Right. And I think that's the true. I mean, epics used to mean something, and now it's just how big can we make it look on the screen? He's not about making it big. He's about making it real and make it emotionally engaging, and that's what makes Django and Bastards epic. Agreed. Agreed. All right, everybody. Uh, let's... 
Let's give everyone information. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Information. Yeah, I need, we, we need that clip now from from prison. I know. I got. I got it. I got to get it. I know. I know. You won't get all it. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode ninety nine. We are one episode away from our one hundredth. We, like Scott said in the beginning of the show, we have absolutely no fucking idea what we're doing. Uh, it, we don't even know what we're reviewing yet. We really don't even know what we're reviewing. It, it I have no idea. It could just be a film in the background. Who the fuck knows? No matter what, we're going to interview. We're going to review at least one Oscar film because we have to get them all in before the uh, Oscars. This is true. So, uh, well, I don't. We'll see. Anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to email us, you can at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to leave us voicemail, you can at 908-514-4470. Go to iTunes and download all of our episodes there. Leave us reviews, and you can go to our website. Uh, moviesucktastic.com and you can download or you can listen to our uh, podcast there as well uh, and my parting words for this episode uh, Christopher Landon go fuck yourself Christopher Landon? he's the writer of Paranormal Activity uh, 4 oh, oh okay yeah fuck you fuck you and fuck oh. you for what you're doing with 5 whatever it is because I know you're gonna <laughs> goodbye Goodbye. Talk to you next week.